On this week's episode, we welcome Lieutenant Proud. You know, Lieutenant um, Proud, uh, you deal with scams and these Ponzi schemes. How can people protect themselves? Uh, the best thing to do is just to be as aware as you can be as far as how you're protecting yourself both on social media and any other aspect as far as what information you're communicating exterior to the people that you trust or the businesses or associations that you trust. You know, what's, what's crazy about it, no matter how sophisticated and educated you are, it happens to the best of us. Absolutely. Nobody is immune from it. Never. I read this crazy story where the, a, a truck was confiscated with uh, a fentanyl and it had that one truck had enough fentanyl to kill 800,000 people. Yes, sir. Explain this. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's a synthetic, the fentanyl is a synthetic opioid. And so what makes it so dangerous is that your body metabolizes it so much quicker. So it is dangerous down to a level in, the, in, a, in a microgram. And so if you have pure fentanyl and then it is being cut with cocaine or methamphetamine or whatever the product of choice is, heroin, et cetera, uh, and then users are getting it and they don't know how much fentanyl is in it, then the effects can be very damaging and have uh, significant ramifications. How is it transported? Uh, I mean, it, it's transported in a variety of means. Uh, it can be in a car, it can be on a ship, it can be in a plane, it can be in the luggage. Um, then once it hits the street, as far as those levels, it goes into a variety of ways. Um, and then what essentially ends up happening is your distributors, if they're stepping on the product that they have, that the consumer thinks that they're going to get, if, i.e. if someone is, let's say, wanting to buy cocaine, but it's not pure cocaine and it gets stepped on with some fentanyl because that extends the life cycle of that product, then it gets ingested and then it gets distributed that way. How do they use drugs uh, like Percocet and others? Um, That's when it's, uh, so generally perks, when they are going to be put out into use, uh, I mean, obviously when you get them from the doctor, they're in a pill form. Um, but sometimes when addicts are in a very bad way, they may try to break down the pill to either inject it and take it intravenously, or they might try to crush it and then smoke it because they think that they're going to get a greater return on on the Percocet because it's going to be able to be ingested and metabolized within their body quicker. You know, I, you know it, it, to me, it's just mind-boggling. I just saw this report where there's a federal hunt for someone who was selling, administering the COVID vaccine. It wasn't in the vaccine. That's not, yeah, I mean, it's, again, go to your original point on scams. That's just another thing that someone is trying to take advantage of in uh, exploit. How can every day, especially the younger generation, who seems to be so gullible and want the next high from the next high, they don't realize they're taking their addictions, their, their drug of flavors, and they're using it to kill them. That's the difficulty that we're having now, is that you're wanting to, we're, we're kind of gone from the days of where there could be someone saying, I, I want to experiment with marijuana, and then, you know, the ramifications are they get high, and then they recover from it, and then it, they move on from there. Um, now, because of just the availability of things like fentanyl and it getting pressed with other pills and what they might have access to, it's very much unadulterated as to what they're getting, and it's very hard to convince them that if you try this, this is it's a zero-sum game. You're going to come back with nothing. It will kill you. Um, and it's just as we try to educate the youth and make sure that we're getting that information out to them, it just becomes harder because they have so much more access by virtue of social media, the internet, um, 
you know, if they're trying to get things off the dark web. It, it just, the, the means with which a, a kid has access is so much greater than it was 15, 20, 30 years ago. But they're playing Russian roulette. Absolutely. Mr. Sipes, what are the numbers telling us about fentanyl and how deadly it is and where it's having the greatest impact across the United States? Well, there's a lot of statistics, Armstrong. If you can imagine a beach, take two grains of sand on that beach, and that's how much it takes to kill you. All that has to do is to have two grains of sand mixed in with other drugs, and you're dead. So in one year, we have well over 81,000 deaths from overdose and uh, drug overdose, and fentanyl is 500,000 or 55,000 of those 81,000 deaths. So fentanyl is now the leading cause of deaths for Americans aged 18 to 49. Uh, 150 people die every day from overdoses related to fentanyl. Um, the overdose deaths in the United States have increased close to 29%. Um, so the point is, is that we have this unbelievably dangerous drug that is destroying our country. If you can imagine 81,000 drug overdose deaths, 55,000 attributed to fentanyl. I mean, in any other set of circumstances, the country would be outraged by the number of deaths that we're talking about. But unfortunately, nobody seems to care. Do they not know when they consume this what is possible? They do, but I think the difference is that they don't know. Again, it goes back to do they think that they're taking straight fentanyl or did they think that they were buying heroin that was clean and not adulterated with fentanyl? And so they don't know. And where you, you know, again, because it is dangerous down to that microgram level, you don't know what you're getting or how much is actually going into your bloodstream. So they, they, they think they're going to get a high. They think they're buying heroin. They're used to heroin. But then if it's been cut with fentanyl, they're getting something that is remarkably stronger, but also it is going to interact with their central nervous system in a completely different way. Am I wrong to assume that these kids and adults just don't understand what you're saying? Are they just ignore it, think it, it won't happen to them? I, I think for the younger generation, I think there's still that um, invulnerability of, of youth. Like they just, they don't think that they're going to have the same negative repercussions that a lifelong addict might have that's in his 30s or his or her 30s or 40s um but sometimes as they grow more with it if they grow with that addiction they are they might be seeking out the fentanyl because they can't find that same high again and so it's this i mean it is a a, a perpetuating cycle of just self-destruction in that regard paint the trail for us who's behind this is it the chinese that's what we always hear or is it much more than that well i mean i i don't think i mean i you can point it to a variety of areas. Uh, obviously, because it's a synthetic opioid, it has to be manufactured and created. Initially, uh, you could say the Chinese government, um, I, I don't know that they supported it or didn't support it, but I don't know what they did to their industries that were making the, the precursors or making this synthetic opioid and to bring it into the country um, or to be d distributed. Uh, the cartels have obviously taken a step to it, um, and it's one of those things where how it is getting implemented or brought into the nation is... Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a difficulty. Um, and again, it's also a business. Uh, but it has to be manufactured somewhere. Absolutely. There must be labs somewhere. Absolutely. Here. In the United States, I'm, I'm not going to, I can't speak as to where, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there are uh, pharmaceutical companies that are making the 
the chemicals in making a the, legitimate the pharmaceutical company. Absolutely. Well, fentanyl has a legitimate medical use as well, though. It's, I mean, it's used as uh, an anesthetic within hospitals. Um, I mean, you, if you're going to go into a surgery, th there's a high likelihood that you might be rendered unconscious, and then when they have to to alleviate some of the pains from that surgery, they might give you fentanyl, fentanyl intravenously. But it's done so at, at, at a very controlled level, but also knowing at the at a level to where you're going to be brought back from it and not subsequently addicted to it. And part, but part again, part of the opioid epidemic that we are seeing in this country originated from big pharma, if you will, going out in marketing oxycotton and marketing uh, oxycodone in a way and saying that it was not addictive. Well, that has obviously been proven to be false. It was highly addictive. Um, and but, these drug companies can't be sued. Uh, well, I mean, there, there, there have been some instances where some pharmaceutical companies have paid a, ve a very hefty price. And it, it pr they probably should have paid a more significant price. But they don't price. care. Uh, they, they care about, I mean, it, it's a business. It's a business. It's a business. And they know people are going to die. Uh, I, I, oh, of course I'm, they know people are going to die. I, I'm not going to speak to what they do or don't know, but I can tell you that uh, they were making a lot of money at a time when they knew that they were putting out a very destructive product. Sykes, what are parents to do? Again, Armstrong, what appears what, to what? What do they do? How do? They can't protect these kids. These kids can't protect themselves. The drug companies cannot protect these kids. It is out there. You said two grains of sand and boom, boom, it's over. Your life is in it. You know, and there, there was Armstrong, there was a case in Washington, D.C. where uh, it was announced that it was um, heroin laced with fentanyl and it was deadly. And they wanted to warn the community. So the TV stations put out the broadcast that there was deadly fentanyl laced heroin in the area. And you had literally scores of addicts out there searching for this fentanyl laced heroin. Uh, that's to me is the very essence of the definition of addiction. You don't understand addiction until you understand that you're willing to risk your own life to get that high, that you're willing to go out and get heroin that is obviously deadly, but yet you're searching for it so you can get high. Um, so addiction is something that is so prevalent and so strong and so overwhelming, especially in terms of the offender population, uh, that it's almost impossible to treat. I mean, the, the average person going through drug treatment goes through it three, four, five, six times. Uh, so I'm all for treatment and I want treatment, especially mental health and substance abuse treatment. But you know, addiction is beyond the control of a lot of individuals, and we need to understand the level of devotion people have to getting high. Lieutenant Prod, in your experience, share with us the worst case scenarios. There are, I, unfortunately, there are just several cases that we've had to deal with um, where you're responding, obviously, if, if someone has overdosed and they've passed away. Um, but one of the, the worst things that you can see is it, you you let's say you have a high school age child they go out they uh twist their knee uh damage some ligaments or whatnot and then as a result of that and then maybe any follow-up surgeries to that they were given oxycontin and then they start taking oxy but by virtue of a prescription but then they become addicted to the oxy and then they start and then that addiction grows to them chasing to try to find any other type of opiate they go to heroin the heroin is no longer good enough, and then they move on to fentanyl. Or they start taking heroin that then is cut with fentanyl, but again, it, they start chasing that high, and then ultimately it results in their overdose. Um, one of the worst, in one of the last cases, working narcotics that I uh, worked, I responded to uh, a subject that had overdosed. It was a father. He had overdosed in the shower. 
before his son, who had provided him the um, heroin that probably had fentanyl in it um, before he passed away, he cleaned the house to make sure that there were no narcotics in the in the room. Um, and when we were like, well, what did your father take? The son was very uh, complicit in saying, I don't know what he took. I don't know what he took. I, there was nothing in here, et cetera, et cetera. Um, no drugs were found, but it was clear that the father had OD'd. Uh, and it was clear the son had given it to him. But there was nothing criminally that we could charge the son with at the time. And that's when you get to the point where you have provided a substance to a loved one, namely your parent, and it results in their death, but you are so far gone in your own addiction that you don't want to accept any responsibility for that or for yourself, it becomes very hard for the government, law enforcement, for family members, et cetera, to really have any impact on that. And like, how do you fight it when the addiction has that much control over that person's life and what they're doing? Uh, Lena, what, uh, what threats will this pose to many cities across the country? It devastates them are strong. I mean, you know, you're talking about cities with rising crime. You're talking about 50% increase in homicides, 36% uh, increase in aggravated assaults. And just in the last you know, year or so, uh, last two years, rather, uh, from 2019. So you're, you're talking about crime going up exponentially. You're talking, and specifically within urban areas, you're talking about devastating cities. You're talking about, you know, jobs leaving, kids with PTSD, kids with brain damage, um, kids suffering through child abuse and neglect because their parents are, are drug addicts. So then you switch the gear and you go over to, you know, 81,000 drug deaths. How, how in the name of God can you process 81,000 drug deaths in the United States, 55,000 from fentanyl? Um, you know, 150 people dying every day. Uh, the leading cause of death for Americans between the age of 18 and 49. The leading cause of death. Um, so you we're talking about devastating cities. You're talking about devastating rural areas. You're talking about devastating Appalachia. You're talking about you know something that is so insidious and so terrible. Yet there's nothing in the newspapers. There's nothing on television. Uh, it's basically ignored. And my belief is, is that it's basically ignored because most people who die from fentanyl are urban folks caught up um, in the justice system in many cases. Um, the problem is essentially being ignored until we stop ignoring it and start looking at it and providing money for drug treatment and mental health treatment. It's not going to go away. It has to be an everyday discussion with our kids, with our parents, with our friends, with our loved ones. Communities control crime, not the criminal justice system. Communities need to get, get together and simply say, this is destroying our community. We have to do something about it, work with law enforcement, and figure out a strategy in terms of getting these drugs that are killing 81,000 Americans on a yearly basis, getting these drugs out of our communities. This is really a sad and tragic discussion because it really boils down to the choices that you make but if you don't have the 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 strength um, to make those choices you just not only drag yourself further into that world you do exactly what lieutenant Schrod just explained you end up killing loved ones in in the process and and then you have these kids who think they're getting high off heroin and some other drug and they take one snort and and it's fentanyl and they're dead within seconds mm -hmm. it's i mean it's it's it, it cascades the how it just devastates 
and ruins not only that person's life, but then everybody that's on the periphery to them. It's uh, just incredibly, incredibly destructive. What, what is in the, the fentanyl that causes such, such sudden death? I mean, again, it's, it's just because it is, it's a synthetic opioid that just, since it metabolizes so quickly, it has that immediate impact, which is why it's very good in a hospital or medical setting, because A, it can be controlled, but they can measure the amounts that are going into the body based on that person's body weight, et cetera, and their make, physical makeup. But again, when you're ingesting it and you're doing so either intravenously or you're snorting it and you don't know how much is cut in there, there, you, you know, like you said earlier, it is Russian roulette because you just don't know what you're putting into your body and how your body's going to respond to it. I mean, it's good. You know, you and I might take the same amount, but it's going to affect you a lot more dramatically than it might affect me just because I am a taller, heavier person than you. Um, you know, and you have to take all of those variables into consideration, which, you know, unfortunately, that's just not being considered. And, and I also sense from the candidate conversation today, it's not going to get any better. I, I don't know that I, I would like for it not to get worse, um, you know, and you have to, you know, you have to benchmark certain things. What is worse? I mean, worse is as you start to just see other products that do get introduced that become much more destructive. I, I think fentanyl's impact is underreported. Uh, I, I think the number is probably higher than the 81,000. Well, yeah, and I mean, if you, well, if you want to extrapolate back to even years ago, there, how many times were we measuring certain things as an overdose death? and then counting it as a heroin death or mm -hmm. a cocaine overdose or a meth overdose when it was actually something that was cut with fentanyl and the fentanyl is what resulted in, you know, it's, and, and again, we, it's the, the business model that was set up used to be, you know, a distributor might not want their customer to overdose because that would preclude them from coming back to buy their product. Whereas now you're finding that distributors don't care because it's just, you know, it is a cost. It, you, know. you know, the other thing too, you know, I often wonder sometimes when you hear about young people and they say they died all of a sudden of cardiac arrest or something else, oftentimes it comes back to fentanyl. Um, they just got a hold of some bad drugs. Um, listen, you can, we, we do what we have to do. We have these programs. Yes. We educate people. We make them aware. We tell them the dangers of marijuana. We tell them the dangers of heroin, how it can be spiked. If they choose to make that choice, that's on them. And sometimes, the drug make the choice for them. Thank you for listening to this week's episode.